That's the letters J-O-H-N followed by the numbers 316. Y'all get that right? Amen. For answers to those nagging questions about dinosaurs and the age of the earth and uh, where Noah's Ark is, uh, sorry, you just got to wait until you get here to find that one out. Amen. The truth is this. God is always available. Praise God. He is always available. You call up on God and you don't ever get a busy signal from God. Amen. We can always come to him freely and come to him often. At the beginning of last month, you may remember, prior to all of our special occasions and whatnot, that the Bible gave us an excellent example of a man who lived a life of prayer. Who lived a life of prayer. His name was Daniel. And in that message, we found three reasons why God's people should pray together. First and foremost, because we're all under attack. Every one of us have a common enemy, and that enemy is the devil, Satan. And so we have to use this divine weapon given to God's people to defeat the enemy we have, which is, of course, prayer. Secondly, we all want to see the kingdom of God advance. The purpose of prayer is not about you. Amen? The purpose of prayer is not about us. The purpose of prayer is to get us focused on kingdom business. The focus or the reason for prayer is to get us having a kingdom focus. Not what we want, but what who wants. What God wants. So we want to see the kingdom of God advance. But thirdly, we want all people to know the affection that God has for people. We are called to be people of passion. We're called to be passionate for God, but we're also called to be passionate for people. There are a lot of people out there who need to know that their God loves them. Janet and I were watching a program just last night, one of those sad Dateline programs about children and they would go to this, uh, this uh, app called Kick. If your kids are on Kick, you need to get them kicked off of it. Amen? But they're on Kick, and they post this picture. And this one young girl, how old, 13? 13 years old, said, nobody cares for me. Well, a sexual predator sees that and immediately begins to stalk that child. So we need to let people know God loves you. And not only does God love you, but I love you. And not only do I love you, but there's a whole lot of people who love you and care for you. We need to let all people know that God has got great affection for his creation. And so we find that Daniel is an example of a man of prayer. And today we come to the sixth chapter of Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, I want to share it with you, the first couple ver or first 10 verses. Uh, it pleased King Darius, uh, King Darius of Babylon, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, or administrators, uh, over to be over the whole kingdom. Over these 120 provinces, three governors, 
of whom Daniel was one, that the administrators might give account to them so that the king would not suffer loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself. Did y'all hear that? Above the governors and administrators. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting Daniel over the whole realm of Babylon. And so the governors and administrators sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But because there was no charge or fault, uh, he was faithful and nor was there any error or fault within him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And so these governors and administrators thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign it in writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, went up to his upper room, and with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since his early days. So here in chapter 6, Daniel is over 80 years old. That's going to give great hope to many of you. Because not only was he over 80 years old, but he was still one of the king's top three administrators. Here we find that Daniel has impacted the reigns of four different kings in Babylon. He's impacted the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, impacted the reign of King Belshazzar, impacted the reign of King Cyrus, and now he's impacting the reign of King Darius. They've all trusted Daniel, and they all placed Daniel in a leadership position in their kingdom. So obviously, this Daniel, this Jewish captive, was a man of influence and a man of integrity. Under the king, Darius, Daniel's influence grew and grew and grew. Even at 80 years old, this man, Daniel, was up for yet another promotion. Another promotion for the king had in mind to make him number two over the entire Babylonian empire. A captive. Somebody who was uh, brought forth in war. A captive, this, this Jewish boy, this Jewish man. So obviously, Daniel was an influential man. Why? Because Daniel was an honest man. The Bible tells us that Daniel distinguished himself above the rest. The Bible also tells us that Daniel was excellent in spirit. He was an honest man. Daniel was a man of integrity. Why? Because honoring God was number one to him. 
Honoring God was Daniel's number one priority. But as you know, a lot of times when you become successful, you start getting a lot of trouble too. Same thing with Daniel. With his success came trouble. The king's desire to make him number two, to make number two this Jewish captive, kind of didn't sit well with the other Babylonian leaders. And so they say, you know what? Here's what we got to do. We got to get some dirt on Daniel. We got to get some dirt on Daniel. But dirt is really hard to find when you are a man of impeccable integrity. So Daniel finds out what has happened. He finds out that it's illegal to pray to anybody but King Darius. And what does he do? He goes straight home. He opens up his window like he always has. And he prays to God. Now I want to ask you a question. Why didn't Daniel just close the window? I mean... What could be wrong with being a little more discreet with your praying? I mean, go ahead and pray. I can understand that. But do you have to make such a big deal about it? Well, to Daniel, it mattered. That's the way he'd done it since his early days. And if he was confronted by the king about who he was praying to, you know what he was going to do? He was going to tell the truth. So what difference does it make? Why change? Why compromise the way that he'd always been praying to God? Just because the king had made some decree. And so he opens the window to pray, just as he's always done. And he demonstrates an open and humble heart before God. Can I tell you that's what prayer is? Is bowing and having an open and humble heart before God. Listen here, friends. God's people trust God in prayer, no matter what. Did y'all hear that last three words? God's people trust God in prayer. What were the last three words? Say it again. One more time. No matter what. God's people trust God in prayer, no matter what. And today we are going to find three reasons why no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how impossible your situation seems, we are to pray no matter what. Keep praying no matter what. Let me give you the first reason. The first reason that God's people keep praying is because it's God's command. Let me prove it to you. In Samuel chapter 12, we discover that prayerlessness is a sin. Samuel says, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and right way. Samuel believes it's a sin to not pray. Far be it from me to sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Prayer is so absolutely essential to the person of God that not to do it has got to be a sin. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to never stop praying. Never stop. When, when Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he said, rejoice always. That means praise God always. Pray without ceasing. Don't never stop. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, not only when things are bad, but when things are good. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's why. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty tall order. I find it difficult to rejoice all the time. I find it difficult to pray without ceasing. I certainly find it difficult to give thanks in all my circumstances. But we have to understand the context of this verse. And what I believe God is trying to teach us is that we need to possess an attitude of dependence on God. Every breath you take, you need to realize God gave it to you. Everything you do, you got to realize God brought you to it. We have to realize and accept this attitude of dependence. Constantly realizing, constantly desiring the presence of God. And when you do that, you know what you're doing? You're praying without ceasing. You're constantly in the presence of God. And I believe that's exactly what Paul was trying to tell these Christians at the church at Thessalonica. The old Puritan preacher John Bunyan once said, Prayer will make a man cease from sin. Think about it. If you're always in an attitude of prayer, you're always in the presence of God every second of every day, you ain't got no room for sin. Amen? But that's not where Paul Bunyan stopped because he also said this. Sin will also entice a man to cease from prayer. You ever notice that? When you're in a sin, sinful lifestyle, guess what you ain't doing? You ain't praying. You're not confessing sin. Right? So what do we learn from that? Another way to say what Paul Bunyan said is, it's hard to stumble when you're down on your knees. Amen? How can I stumble when I'm in the presence of God? How can I stumble when I'm on my knees in prayer? Never ceasing, rejoicing always, giving thanks in all situations. See, when you do that, you're willing to spend hours with God. It's hard to stumble when you're down on your knees. See, if you're not praying, listen carefully. If you're listening, say amen. If you're not praying, you are leaving that door wide open for sin to come and dwell in your life. Wide open. And that's something Daniel understood. He understood, listen carefully, he understood that purity in his life depended upon his intimacy with God. As long as he was intimate with God, he had great purity in his life. The minute that he began to break down in his closeness with God, the minute sin started knocking on the door. Happens with you too, doesn't it? How do I know? Because it happens with me. Happens with all of us. So he understood that purity in his life depended upon his intimacy with God. So he understood. I better keep praying because it's God's command. But there's a second reason why God's people keep praying, and that is for God's companionship. Think about this. When you're in love with somebody, man, you want to hang out with them all the time. Amen, men? Men, come on. 
When you want to, to, to be with somebody, when you love somebody, you can't get enough of them. You want to be with them all the time. You desire the companionship. You're willing to spend hour after hour after hour without interruption. Just You just like being with them. You just like being in their presence. In the same way, God deserves to be first in your life. He wants to be first in your life. Why? Because He wants this companionship with you. He wants to be first. And when we truly love God, we will desire that intimate, personal communication that God has made available to us called prayer. But it's only going to happen when you truly love God. Because if you don't truly love God, guess what you are not going to be doing? You ain't going to be talking with Him. Certainly not going to be listening to him. You don't want to be hanging out with him. Why? Because you don't really love him. So we pray that we will enjoy talking to God. And even more than that, we'll enjoy listening to God. Companionship. I mean, just consider marriage for a moment. God insists that marriage be a lifetime commitment. Amen? That's what he calls for, a lifetime commitment. When we get married, we make vows. Yesterday, I married a young couple out at Turtle Point, and it was supposed to rain about 20% chance. Well, we saw this black cloud coming across the river, and all of a sudden, man, I started my, my message in the wedding, and it was no time I was saying, by the authority vested in me, I pronounce you man and wife. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. But think about marriage for a moment. We make those vows that obligate us to persevere. We do that in marriage. Shouldn't we do that with God? We make vows that obligate us to persevere. If God didn't design it that way, what would we want to do? Man, I ain't taking this. I'm out of here. Right? If we didn't make vows before God, we'd say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to stick it out. I am not going to weather this storm. There's no way I'm going to persevere through this pain. I don't have to do it. But that's not what God said. God said when you do persevere, when you do persevere, you will learn to forgive. You will learn to repent. You'll learn to change. You will learn to stick it out. You'll learn to serve instead of being served all the time. You will learn to bear with one another's burdens. And sometimes you're going to go through a lot of difficult, painful, unpleasant stuff. But when you do it, when you persevere through that unpleasant stuff, you're going to get to the really good stuff. Amen. And that's what we want. We want marriages that are solid as a rock. We want a relationship with God that is very intimate. See, relationships that persevere experience the really good stuff. Amen. And we all want the really good stuff, right? We all want the good stuff. Is it easy to persevere? Of course not. Is it worth it to persevere? Absolutely. No doubt about it. And that is why we persevere in prayer. We keep on keeping on. We keep on praying. We belong to God. We are God's people. And we keep on praying because we want his companionship. That's what happened to Daniel. Daniel chose love over life. 
Daniel chose his love for God over his own life. He was going to maintain that companionship. And you know what happened after that? Do you know what happened after that? What? I'm going to give you a few more details than that. Listen in verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying. Uh-oh. And making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. And so they answered and said before the king, you know that Daniel? The Bible actually says that. That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, he doesn't show you due regard. He doesn't show you due regard, O king, for the decree that you have signed, but he makes his petitions three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. The king was greatly displeased with himself, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, to release him, and labored until the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Now, O king, don't you know it's the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes can be changed? So the king, I'll interject reluctantly, the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you, will serve, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. And then the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signets of his lord, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. And now when the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting with no musicians brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. And the king arose very early the next morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, the king cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, the servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel speaks up from the bottom of the den. And he said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I, have found, been, I was found innocent before him and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now for the king was exceedingly glad for Daniel and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because, get this, he believed in his God. God's people trust God in prayer. Say it louder. No matter what. God's people trust God in prayer. No matter what. Imagine if you were in Daniel's shoes. I picture that those lions had a muzzle over their mouth. They couldn't harm him. The lions' mouths were shut. 
And Daniel got to experience, get this, he got to experience the really good stuff. His life was spared because he believed in his God. He experienced firsthand the power of God. He experienced firsthand the grace of God. He experienced firsthand the protection of God and the provision of God. Can I tell you that the good stuff is worth waiting for? Amen? God's people trust God in prayer no matter what. There's a third reason why that's true. We keep praying because God cares. God cares. You know, because you and I sometimes need to settle down, sometimes we need to find a quiet place in order to focus on prayer, we tend to think that prayer is this passive activity. But I'm here to tell you this morning on the authority of Scripture, that is a mistake. Prayer is not inactivity. Prayer is activity. Prayer is actually aggressive, energetic activity. It's not something you do when there's nothing else you can do. You ever been there before? Well, I guess you better pray. Right? It's not something we do when there's nothing else to do. No. Prayer is the first line of defense. Prayer is the first line of attack. Not the last. Not only that, prayer is a demonstration of love. I mean, if you love somebody, what's the best thing you can do for them? Say it if you believe it. Pray. That's the best thing you can do for somebody you love. And that's the one thing that Paul demonstrated in his letters to all the churches. Listen to this one. He wrote to the church at Philippi, and he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day till now. Being confident of this very first thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of all you this way, because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my change and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I longed for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and all discernment, and that you may approve things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense. Jesus Christ prayer is a demonstration of love no matter what God's people keep praying no matter what happened Paul's in chains in jail and what's he doing for those he loved he's praying praying for all the churches he keeps praying no matter what you know I know that some of you today are going through some difficult times I don't know what it would be like for me to be in your shoes. In fact, some of you have problems and pain that are so personal. You have challenges that are so distressing. The only way that we can voice those prayers is by saying, I have an unspoken request. And that's perfectly okay, by the way. It just hurts too much. 
to talk about it. And for many of you that bring your request to me, I'll just tell you, often I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But I'm going to tell you this. I may not know what to say, but I sure do know how to pray. Amen. And when you're at a loss for words over the burden of somebody that brings that to you, just tell them. I don't know what to say. But I do know how to pray. And I will pray for you. And I will lift you up before the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying because I know that God's people trust Him in prayer no matter what. So let me give you this one simple encouragement this morning. You ready? Amen. Say amen if you're ready. This is is life-changing. Talk to God. Did that blow you away? Was that deeply theological for you? Talk to God. Sometimes we think that prayer is only for the holy people. Amen? You know what I mean? Oh man, I can't pray like that. We think that prayers are for those who can talk with these beautiful poetic prayers. But I, don't, I want you to not worry about that right now. I, don't, I want you to get away from that right now. I want you to set aside the formalities and just talk to God. Just talk to God. Prayer is meant to be simple. Why? So that we can pray no matter what. Amen? It's meant to be simple. So I want to encourage you this morning. Keep praying when you're devastated. Keep praying when you are discouraged. Keep praying when you're disappointed. Keep praying when you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Keep praying when you don't think God's listening to you. Keep praying when your faith is weak. Keep praying when you're ready to throw in the towel and give up. Keep praying when you think everything is going on is hopeless. Keep praying and don't stop. Rather than that, push. P-U-S-H. You've heard it before. Pray until something happens. Keep praying. Keep pushing. You know, Jesus told his disciples that they ought to always pray and never lose heart. You know what the Brother Bill translation of that is? God's people pray trusting God no matter what. So people of God, listen up. Keep praying no matter what. Keep praying no matter what because when you don't pray, you are slamming that door wide open and inviting sin to come into your life. So rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance because prayer fulfills the requirement of God. Keep praying no matter what because we demonstrate our passion for God when we pray. 
We demonstrate our passion for people when we pray. And when we persevere in prayer, when we keep on praying, we get to experience the really good stuff. I want good stuff, amen? How about y'all? I want some good stuff. Prayer forges my relationship with God. Keep praying no matter what. Because we love one another and because we love God when we pray. So keep praying, but keep pushing. Keep praying until something happens. Keep praying because prayer focuses our reliance on God. Now there are some of you that are here today and you have been the subject of many prayers. Some of you here today have been the focus of many, many prayers. There have been people praying for you for weeks, months, maybe even years. There are people of God who have been trusting Him in prayer no matter what. And they're asking Him for God to move in your life. For God to make a change in your life. The question is, is today the day you're going to respond to that prayer? Is today the day you're going to respond to Jesus Christ's invitation to eternal life? It's today the day. But I want you to know that regardless of your decision or your lack of decision, we ain't going to stop praying for you. Because God's people pray, trusting God. No matter what. Doesn't take, doesn't take very long, does it, brother? No matter what. Say it. No what. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Amen. And if you're ready to make a decision of any kind, I pray that today's your day. And that you're going to be blessed by the decision that God has asked you to make in his name. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you and we do praise you. And we thank you for this privilege of prayer. Father, you inviting us to this, this communication. Lord, blessing us with uh, companionship with God Almighty. Uh, Lord, in obedience to your commands. Realizing that, Lord, it's through prayer that you reveal to us that you care for 